everyone of mine who is listening has been or is going through this, like the two main things that I advise you not to do is one, don't try to mask that feeling with gratitude. That clip you just heard was from today's guest, Julio Maharo of Sharing Knowledge International. We sat down and had an incredible conversation about how to start a business with purpose by truly stepping into your power. If you're creative with lots of ideas, you're not sure where to start, today's episode will help you to understand how powerful you truly are and how you can use the gifts and the talents that you already have to build your legacy and live a life of fulfillment. Welcome to the podcast, Julia Maharo, founder of Sharing Knowledge International. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Hi, Nadia. <laughs> I'm super happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I see you're an award-winning business consultant, coach, speaker, thought leader, and you're really focused on helping people reach their impact in their professional and business journey. And that's definitely what I am really geared at here with my podcast, Where Dreams Are Made, and business work in Woo. So I'm very honored to have you on and I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, like um, as you mentioned, starting a business can be a daunting quest, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm super, super excited for our conversation today. Yes, no, exactly. I wholeheartedly agree with that. So to get us started off, I'd really love to hear more about you, why you're so passionate about helping other people achieve growth in their pursuit of success, and what sort of led you to this space to begin with. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess everything started from my childhood. So I grew mm. up in a in a suburb uh, town, in the suburbs of a town um, in the north of Mozambique. For those who don't know, Mozambique is a country that um, is located in Southeast Africa. So I grew up with uh, a single mom um, and just mm. with my mother, myself and my siblings and growing in the suburbs. And I was having, um, you know, my, I did my entire school in a private uh, school. I will, you know, be confronted with this duality where I'll have my school friends that had access to a lot of stuff, um, but my home friends, they were you know, just barely making ends meet. So yes. I really started to question, you know, why I, the only one parent, could have access to so many great things, but most of my friends, the both parents couldn't. Um, what's the difference? You know, what, what is missing? Why are they not doing it? And it was really how it kind of started. I started in this journey of really empowering people and understanding that the more access we have, the more opportunities we have, and the more possibilities we have, right? right. But it was only when I was in university. Um, so unfortunately, my mother passed away when I was 14. Um, uh-huh. And I went on, I, I couldn't afford to study um, in a private school anymore. Um, so I joined a public school, and then I moved to do a university, uh, on a public university in Mozambique. And thanks God I got a scholarship. But the scholarship will pay only three years for a four-year course. So in the fourth mm-hmm. year, um, we really, I just really had to make money. So one of the things that I did was um, I was a great student. So I became a lecturer assistant. Um, and they would pay part of my fees. But I still need 
you know, food and pay rent and all of that stuff. So uh, alongside with one of my friends, we decided to create a technical vocational uh, training program for um, youth that were in high school. So I had all the training background from being a lecturer assistant and also uh, my mother was a teacher. So no personal development was something that was cultivated in all of us in my household. Um, and then my co-founder had all the accounting and business background. So it was a perfect match. Oh, That's wow. how um, I started my own business, really. It was really just out of, you know, wanting to just pay my bills and make sure that I finish a university and don't just wait all the investment that's been done in my life. Right. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. I'm sorry to hear about your mother. I can see that she was definitely a key person in your life. And it's beautiful how she encouraged you to explore and to really enhance your knowledge and to learn and to grow. And I can see how that really laid the foundation for your passions in this space. That's really beautiful to see. Oh, thank you very much. And you're totally right. I remember uh, something that she always used to tell me is um, if, if you don't like how something is, you know, is going or something started out, um, you are the only one who can go and change it. Don't wait for anyone to come and right. sell and tell you what you should do. I mean, I even remember with my, my life choices, you know, when I was deciding what course I would do, uh, what professional I will uh, pursue to always tell me, um, whatever you do, whatever you decide, um, you just go ahead and do it, right? Don't wait for anyone else. And right. that's what I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I noticed that you had shared a quote from her saying, you know, knowledge is power and that yeah. we do have the power to really take action and to bring our visions to life. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on where do you think that kind of, in a sense, struggle comes with with people that have that sh that vision or that desire, but then they're not actually moving forward with it in their space because you've definitely been able to come up, have an idea and and make it into a success and there's so many people out there that they're also multi-talented and, and creative, but they're sort of in that space of not being able to move forward. Is that, have you ever struggled with that in your life or do you come across people like that as well? Clients and things of oh, that yeah. nature? Oh, every day, every day. Um, yes. Myself, um, <laughs> you know, even a uh, funny thing is that when you um, think about becoming an entrepreneur, the image that most people had, I know I had it, it was like, oh, I know everything, everything's going to be fine. You know, I have all the tools, all the skills, all the network. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, still this point, and Sharing Knowledge International is my third business. There are a lot mm -hmm. of things that I'm completely clueless about. <laughs> right. You know, that I just go and discover it. Um, by right. supporting many entrepreneurs, um, I often found that people don't start businesses out of uh, basically three things. The first one, and surprisingly for me, is fear of success. Most of yes. the times we are so afraid that, you know, our business will actually launch, you know, things will actually go well and all the change that um, will come with that. So that's the number one reason why people don't start a business. Um, the second one is fear, fear of failure, right? Um, this is people who either because they've been through a lot of failures or um, the risk, they see that uh, failure is such a huge risk that they cannot afford to to make um, to give an example i remember when i was supporting um small-scale farmers and i was working in this you know very rural village this is the africa that people see in television you know with mm. sheds as houses like people were really really um really poor 
And I spent like three months working with them. And I was working specifically with this um, old lady um, to teach her, you know, techniques so that she could have um, a better income, right? And have, um, you know, the, her crops could grow faster and better and give her more products. And after three months uh, of me really going there, you know, sitting in the floors, talking to her, she tells me, you know what, son? Before you, there have been so many people to tell me the exact same things. And they even taught me way more than you have. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's great. But then why don't you implement them? And she told me, you know what? If I make more money than my husband, I will be an outcast in society. He will leave me. Uh, I will lose my respect. And if I stop to think, I'm not that bad. I'm not great, but I'm not that bad. So that's a risk I'm not going to make. And that's also one of the reasons why uh, most people don't start businesses because there is a risk involved, either right. because they're afraid they lose their reputation or um, they're not willing to put in the money or the time. It's just safe for them to stay where they are. That's the second reason. Um, and the third reason is really because people don't see the need to start a business, right? You see a lot of um, high potential individuals, sometimes great professionals, um, and most of the times, they just think that, oh, having a business or, or having a career, rather, I'm having a job that pays me, you know, every month, that's just totally fine. I don't need anything else, uh, which I often say that um, it's great working for someone else. I did. Um, I'm a sabbatical for my nine to five work right now. But it's mm -hmm. always important, even if you have a work, to still have another string of income, you know, something that you right. can fall out um, if something happens to you. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. I know a lot of people align having a job with security. But if you think about it, it is a risk in a sense, because yeah. you are only focused on that one source of income with really diversifying is sort of a better strategy in the world. <laughs> but it's I think in society, we've just been sort of taught from a young age, even myself yeah. growing up that getting a job, going to school and getting a job, that's the best, safest way to go. And in a lot of ways, it's not always the safest way, especially with what's going on right now in our economy. So it's really interesting yeah. that you bring that up. No, it is definitely. Um, and just to give you an idea, um, in countries as the United States or many countries in Europe where entrepreneurship is something that's been on, going on for hundreds of years, uh, mm -hmm. you can kind of like feel more freedom and more respect towards entrepreneurs. But if you go for economies as Mozambique, and for instance, we have only been independent for the last past um, 45 years. So we don't have an, you know, a full generation of entrepreneurs that we can look back to and say, you know what, you are my role model, my local role model. Most of the entrepreneurs that I know is just like one generation before myself, right. maximum two. And even themselves, they will never encourage their, you know, their child, um, their children to be an entrepreneur. That's something right. that most people just realize that you can only do it if you are really struggling. Right. I see that. Are you starting to see a shift with more people deciding to be entrepreneurial or really reaching out to you and sort of looking into what it could be like? Because I know you talk a lot about helping people be fulfilled in what they're doing in their work and in their career, in their business. Do you see that people are more interested in it now or what oh, has yeah, been their experience? Definitely. Um, people are definitely more interested because of a few things. So one is we are starting to realize that there are not enough jobs for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Like right. the government is not creating jobs for everyone. The private sector is not capable of creating enough jobs for everyone. So that's one. 
Um, so people really are thinking about other ways of making money. The second one comes that um, even existing companies, they're looking for more entrepreneurial people. You know, these people who might not have their own businesses, but they can still bring an entrepreneurial mindset for their companies, right? This right. is the innovators, people who really go and get, get things done. Um, they really take ownership of the business. So even within companies, people are really looking for uh, people with entrepreneurial mindset. So definitely right. it's been growing, but I also found that it's, you know, it's like every, something, every time that something is growing, um, there's so much misinformation going around that people can mm-hmm. feel lost and overwhelmed, not only by you know, the daunting cost, quest of starting a business, but also because there's so much information. Um, and right. sometimes you just don't know what to do, but you are not uh, ready yet to start filtering things up. So that's a challenge that's been going on. Right. No, that's definitely true. And I do feel that with sort of information overload and it can be challenging to have the right information versus having so much information and not really knowing what to do with it all. So yeah, what do you think was, is sort of yeah. the best way for people to kind of find that right information so they can benefit and actually take the action instead of being sort of in this loop? <laughs> well, yeah. So first things first, right? Uh, I know that overload of information um, often drives paralysis, but we have to knock yes. it off, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. A few things that I often say uh, to people is, uh, I you know, I love uh, you know people who are independent, who can really provide for themselves and cater um, not only for themselves, but people who they love. So if you are starting to start a business, the first thing you must uh, realize is that it's way better to work on a business that you love, something that you are completely passionate about, instead of working on a business just to make money, right? right. So... If you really love a business, if you really love a, you know, a, a field, an industry, that just that feeling, that energy will allow you to kind of filter what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. The second is always face failure and risk as the price that you have to pay in order to do something, to make an impact, right? So a lot right. of the time people think about, oh, um, let's say I have two business opportunities or I go to pieces of advice and people often go around how much they are possibly winning if the things go right. And I often say that this is just setting yourself up to disappointment. Just go with mm-hmm. what you're willing to lose, right? Because if let's say you lose the money or just uh, lose um, a certain amount of hours, you still gain experience, right? At least now you know that that doesn't work. So if you operate from this uh, mindset, okay, so, how much I'm re- I am losing, I am willing to lose. You realize that if you lose, you were willing, you were already willing to lose it, right? So it's not such a big loss. Um, right. And that's very important if you are starting up for an entrepreneur, checking on your mental health and taking risks that you're willing um, to lose. If it comes to that, it's really helpful, and especially in the long run, right? right. And the third is that um, trust your instincts, your gut. That's the best. Um, kind of GPS that someone can have. And if you are ever in doubt, try to find a mentor um, mm-hmm. that helps you, that's super vital. Um, I remember on my case, when I was, you know, in my first business, I, I was in a point where I was making all these decisions and people were actually enjoying the results that we were getting, but I would feel that I wasn't making the best decisions possible. You know what I mean? Um, I was doing the best with what I knew, but I also knew that there was something 
else, something more for me to learn. And I just had to get the skills and the networks and the experience, right? So I yes. talked to my co-founder and I agreed that um, I, I, I would have to go and uh, find a job that I could really, you know, develop and tap into my potential um, while he will, were running the business and I was just giving support during the weekends. It was so important for me to do that uh, because I really got the, ex- the training experience. Um, I ended up working for a company called Idea Lab. Um, they work with oh. entrepreneurship and innovation in Mozambique. Um, so I learned a lot of methodologies. I met a lot of people. So it was really helpful. Um, and again, if you are struggling with too much information, just pick someone that you can relate um, and you mm-hmm. can trust, right? And pick a mentor. Right. right. Yeah, I think that's beautiful advice. A lot of times, especially in the entrepreneurial space, I feel like we go into it with that sort of solopreneur mindset of just doing it all on our own. And you really do have to be self-aware that you can't do everything on your own. It is important to have mentors and to reach out and and to connect with other people. So I think that's really important that you shared that. Yeah, it is totally. Uh, And even right now that I have, you know, I've been working for seven years. um, I have the experience. I have the knowledge. I try not to do the stuff that I don't like to do in my own business. So, for instance, mm. um, I was delivering uh, a training for India a couple of days ago. And one of the components that the target uh, audience really wanted to um, for me to talk about was all the legal stuff to operate an international business. I mean, oh. I know those things, but I don't love them. <laughs> right, you know, yes. In my own business, uh, I hire someone to do it. So I just invite the person uh, as a guest and the person who was more than willing to do it. Um, and even without during the training, people ask me, so Julia, why did you invite someone else for your training? I told them, first of all, I don't like legal stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, I only deal with the things that I have to deal. Otherwise, I'm not doing that. And second, right. most people think that if you go to ask for help of a quote-unquote potential competitor, you are losing mm-hmm. your business. But in fact, you're not. You're just building relationships. Um, right. And most of the time, the other person is more willing to do the same thing for you if they encounter an area or a challenge that they're not willing to, uh, to work on. So always right. be open for collaborations. Yes. Yeah, I think connection is so key. And I, I see that come a lot up a lot too with clients that I talk with where they feel like they don't want to sort of share their idea or connect with other people because of that fear of the sort of people taking your idea or um yeah the competition of it and it's just it's really you have to shift that mindset that really working together and and connecting with other people really helps to grow you it really is important who you surround yourself with in business especially definitely like listeners that if there is one thing that um you will i would love you to get uh, out of this conversation is that you know ideas are beautiful they can be powerful but until you go and implement it mm-hmm. they're just ideas right and just think about it there are about seven billion people in the planet do you really think that the idea that you had it was just yours like you were the only one who had this idea right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? like that's almost impossible nowadays um, the only difference is are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to, you know, wake up and actually start doing it? Um, that's what will really differentiate you from someone who just had an idea, right? That's the action is the key thing here. And if you're afraid to start, um, try to do things slow and, you know, on a very small scale. 
I love this example that let's say you want to open a coffee shop and or a cake business, right? You don't have to go ahead and make like wedding cakes on the first uh, move. You can start selling cupcakes, you know, uh, the same, let's say, you know, the same components and ingredients that you will use on a pure cake business, a wedding cake business are exactly the same in just a smaller scale that you will need in a cupcake business, right? You will need less money, though. You will need uh, less uh, resources, less of the time. And you can still, um, you know, assess if you, that's what you really want. You really want to wake up every day and bake cakes. Maybe it is. If it is great, you validated it. You gained the, the, you know, the confidence, the trust. But so you can, you can move on. Um, if not, well, that's amazing. You get you got that experience and you can move on into a different idea. So always try to validate your ideas in very not a small stage, right? People often look at Amazon, uh, Tesla, you know, those big companies and think that they were yes. born to speak. And that's not true, right? Just Google um, any successful entrepreneur's uh, biography. Most of them start at, you know, their mom's basement or in the garage. Right. <laughs> yes, know, after exactly. Hours, after that's how it starts, right? You start small. Um there's so many benefits when you start small. I remember um, on Sharing Knowledge International, when I started, um, I would have trainings with just six people, even though with all the experience that I had, right? I would just have trainings with six people. I'll coach people for just three months and not my one-year program that I have right now. And the advantage of starting small is that you don't have a lot of activities to do. You can still you know, go on with your life. But people are so willing to give feedback to small business these days you know, yes. people really take the time to tell you what they love about your product, what they didn't love. Um, they give you tips and ideas, and it's the best way to grow organically. No, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, being open to, yeah, hearing feedback from those around you, from other people, especially those who have done it before, too, and have maybe tried out a couple different businesses and, and see what works and what doesn't. It can help shorten your learning curve if you're willing to sort of accept that help and that feedback. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I often, you know, as I said uh, in the beginning, uh, starting a business and running a business can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. right? You are not in right. this alone. Um, right. There's always someone that uh, are willing to help. And right. for those who might think that, oh, right now um, I cannot afford to have a mentor, just follow great people on social media. A right. lot of us, a lot of us share amazing content for free, right? So this at least is a way for you to start doing it and start doing something about it instead of just keeping your ideas to yourself. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's people out there that need your ideas that are waiting for you to create it. And so it's really important to bring it out into the world. Definitely agree with that. Oh yeah. definitely. Uh, so definitely. You said something interesting. I was uh, reading one of your articles and it's, you posted your outcomes are determined by where you're operating from. Yeah. And I thought that that was really beautiful because I think a lot of people, especially if you are multi-talented and have lots of ideas, we sort of, we come from this sense of feeling a little overwhelmed from our ideas, especially with the busyness of the world and, and really looking like we just kind of said to social media to what everyone else is doing in their success stories. And so I'd really yeah. love to hear kind of your thoughts on that. Um, oh, where, yeah, sure. where that quote really Definitely. came Thanks from. Thanks for reading my articles, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I loved it. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. I'll leave it in the show notes for everyone to check it out. Yeah, and oh, I'm also committing to write more and uh, share them more on my LinkedIn. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Well, a few okay. things about that. 
as a potentialite myself, and potentialites are usually people who have multiple talents, um, and to give everyone an idea, uh, my academic background is in agriculture and engineering with a major okay. in agribusiness. I worked in personal development for seven years now. Um, four years I've been working in business development and supporting entrepreneurs. So I have a quite diverse background. And I remember even when I was uh, finishing my university, actually my college, I was about to go to university. And someone asked me, so what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I was like, oh. what? <laughs> I don't want to do it. Like, I don't even know. I don't know right. what I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know that. Why do you want me to pick something to do the rest of my life? No. Right. Um, so something that I came to make peace with is that the first thing is that once you understand your purpose, once you understand what your legacy will look like or you want it to look like, it's so much easier to be flexible in the how. So for instance, I know my personal purpose is to allow people to remember how powerful they are, support and challenge them into stepping into their power and really owning it and also accelerating them in doing the same thing for other people, right? That's my absolute purpose and mission in this planet. So I could do that for a thousand ways. I could be just a career counseling a counselor. I could just write articles on LinkedIn. I could be a business advisor. I could be a trainer. I could be a mental coach, a health coach. Um, I could make cupcakes, you know, with healthy food and really inspiring people to have, you know, more care of their bodies. Um, I could be a, a high school teacher or a university teacher. So the list is really endless, right? And once you understand that, if you are connected with your purpose and you are flexible on the how, you are flexible also to do one thing now. And if you outgrow that thing, you can just let it go and jump onto the next thing, right? right. This is not set in stone. I registered my business, but I can go ahead and just shut it off, right? I can shut it completely down. There's nothing, it's not, there's not forbidden, you know, it's available and we are allowed to try things that we love. And to be right. honest, um, especially speaking from African countries, there's a lot of informal economy going on. There are advantages and disadvantages on it, of course. But if you're just starting out, you don't have to make a full commitment to register your business. You don't know if you're going to be successful or not, right? So just study right. it out. Just study it out. And the point with, with that article of operating from our vision is very uh, simple and came to me when, you know, I was really, uh, 2019 for me was a crazy year. I won a bunch of international awards. Um, I was growing in my career in the company that I was working for. But deep down, I was having this feeling of being empty. Like I was missing out in life, right? I was having mm. pure FOMO. And I didn't yeah. know where this feeling was coming from, right? Like I, I got the awards. My work was amazing, so I I wasn't seeing the reason. So that's why one of the reasons why I took a step back to really focus on myself and reconnect with my purpose. And yeah. I realized there were a lot of things that I wanted to do that I wasn't doing. Right. So I started to change that, right? I became a volunteer for um, Global Citizen, which is an organization that share uh, causes such as gender equality, um, the extreme poverty, and a lot of uh, things that... You know, I couldn't do during my nine to five work, but I was still passionate right. about it. And right. the thing is that when you operate from your vision, it's kind of a paradox. Um, 
I don't know if uh, you read the book Good to Great from Jim. Let me just check. It's Jim Collins. He says mm. that you must be completely brutal about your current reality and yet have unwavering faith that in the end you will prevail, right? right? When you operate from your vision, you are not operating from your current reality where a lot of things might suck. You operate from your vision. You understand that, oh, so this is the life that I want to create. So what can I do right now to accelerate that vision? Because this is science, guys. Your brain cannot differentiate a thought from our actual experience, right? That's why people have PTSD, right? Something right. happens and then you just get triggered um, on your you know, everyday life. It's because your brain cannot differentiate an imagination or a thought from something that really and actually happened. So once you visualize, once you are clear about your vision, it's just a matter of you accelerating it into this 3D physical world. So that's mm. to me was really life changing because a lot of my decisions I was making based on who I am right now and not right. who I want to be in the future. Right. No, that's beautiful. I'm I'm so glad that you shared that because I know that that happens a lot where we feel kind of this tug or this where we feel a little unsettled like there's something we're supposed to be doing that we're not doing. Yeah. But a lot <laughs> of times we don't stop. We don't pause to really look into what is the reason like why are we feeling this way we just keep going keep going and then you know that feeling just kind of grows and grows and grows and so I just I think it's really important that you shared that that we do really need to take pause we do really need to sort of look within to see what is the best next steps what is it that we really want to accomplish in life sure definitely and if everyone who is listening has been or is going through this like the two main things that I advise you not to do is one don't try to mask that feeling with gratitude. For instance, I remember mm-hmm. saying to myself, you know what, Julie, you're just being a spoiled brat. Literally saying oh. that to myself. Like, you had yes. an amazing life. Um, you travel around the world. Your job is amazing. There are so many people who come to you to complain about your jobs. Like, you are out of depth. So why can you just be happy and grateful mm-hmm. for what you had? I remember saying that to myself. Until mm-hmm. I reach a point where I will just come off from work and I wouldn't be able to enjoy the life that I built, right? I will literally just, the minute that I walk through my door, I will go straight to bed. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a way to live, right? The only reason why we work is so that we can get to enjoy our lives, right? So don't do that. Right. If you feel that something is not right, just check why you're having that feeling. Right. And the second is don't compare and I feel uh, you also mentioned about social media. Don't compare, you know, your chapter two with someone else's chapter 254, right? right? Uh, most of the times we look at the end product. Like when we see Beyonce, we go like, oh, this is Beyonce. Right. You know, <laughs> right. famous, yeah. famous, rich, glorious, <laughs> queen bee, all that stuff. Yes. But not in that stage yet. Look at, you know, how Beyonce started, you know, what did right. she do? Um, how many hours did she put to work? You know, right. um, when she was in this point where I am, what was she thinking? You know, and really focus on that because everyone is on a different path on our own personal journey. So there is right. no reason and motive to comparison. Right. No, that's definitely true. And I think a lot of times we, 
yeah, we just put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I know, especially here in the US, that kind of hustle mentality is really, it's celebrated and it's it's something that's not always beneficial. Yes, you want to put your work and your effort towards your goals and what you want to do, but you really do have to focus on sort of that balance of what is it that you want to bring into the world. And I feel like if something is on your heart, it's on your heart for a reason. You're meant to create it and express it and you shouldn't feel bad about that or feel that you already have enough. So I think it's really beautiful that you shared that as well, that it, it is meant for you if, if you feel the calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to listen to it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, something else you said that I thought was kind of interesting I wanted to dive into was uh, being busy versus getting things done. Oh, I wanted to talk yeah. about that a little bit more <laughs> because I know I've, <laughs> I've struggled with that a little bit. I think our yeah our, I think our society kind of encourages that in a sense to always be kind of doing things and getting things done and so I'd really love to get your thoughts on oh, that yeah. I totally relate with you um I always been a I have always loved being busy to be honest I remember yes. um, even when I was in university like I was doing an internship while I was still in university um and I was doing the internship because I wanted to it wasn't part of my curriculum anymore I, you know Part of my curriculum was three months of uh, internship, and I did uh, six months of internship. Um, even with my work, I'm always, you know, I'm working, and then after work, I read. I like I like the hush hush, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I I is I is really started when I uh, I was nominated to manage the one of the leading incubation or business incubation programs here in Mozambique, and it was such a fast paced program. There was so much going on, you know. When like we had a six month program going on, and then there were boot camps happening every single month. So when one boot camp was over, we were already preparing for the other one. There was literally no time to waste. That's when I realized that, that there were a lot of things that I would do just to keep myself busy and wasn't necessarily giving me my results. Right. Right. One main skill that I learned throughout this process is the art of giving and receiving rejections. And this is, I think, for an entire podcast. Uh, But long story short, the only way that you can stop, you know, just being busy for the sake of being busy, if you, to be honest with yourself about the things you're not contributing for your life. And links again with the whole point, um, you should operate from your vision. So let's Mm -hmm. say you want to start a business, right? But right now you work in a nine to five job. If you want to start a business, don't let people on social media fool you that, oh, just quit your business and do your stuff. That's not going to work. You still need to pay rent, (laughs) right? You still need to eat. You still need to buy food. You still need to buy clothes. So don't do that. One of the things that you can do is make a plan, right? Start making savings for your business, right? If you know that, well, my vision is to be an entrepreneur, let's say five years from now, and you start saving right now, at least we have something to fall on, right? right? So that you can like maybe take a sabbatical like I did from your work or you can really actually quit your job and focus on your sabbatical. That's right. one aspect, really like operating from your vision. But then in the whole point of not getting just busy and getting things done, um, you really just have to be honest with yourself on that. Because if something that you're doing is not contributing to your vision, then you should be doing it at all. So let's say if right. you really go, go want to go ham on savings, right? 
you will not be eating out, <laughs> right? right? You will not be going <laughs> to parties. You will say no to all of those things. But hey, I guess, you know, I get it. Uh, a really busy week can then send you to a really busy weekend, right? But is that really contributing to your end goal? Wouldn't right. you rather spend the weekend reading a book on business entrepreneurship, listening to podcasts that will, you know, nurture your soul and nurture your mind? So right. uh, the whole point of not just being busy and actually delivering those results is very linked um, with the vision you're trying to create. That's the ultimate um, decision maker for you. Yeah, I think that's so important to really look at the things that you're doing in your life. And is this, yeah, is this moving me forward or is this setting me back or is this keeping me where I am? You really have to be able to make those kind of decisions daily, really, to be yeah. able to move move the needle for you because yeah it, it really is I mean going out and I remember like the first year when I was working on my business I really scaled back on any kind of social interactions with people not because I don't <laughs> love to hang out with people and, and do things but it's just do I want to do this or do I want to build my business it's like you do have to make that decision I think a lot of people don't they feel like they can do both and I, I think what you said about how it appears on social media people make it look like it's so easy that, oh yeah, you can just build this amazing thing and just, you know, lay around at the beach all day and it doesn't necessarily work like that. You do no. have to put that effort into it. So, yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Like even on my case, um, you know, before uh, when we can, we could still travel, I will travel around at least my country and around the world. Um, but mm -hmm. still, I have to work more hours than I was working on my nine to five job. You know, when you start your own business, right. you realize that if you don't do it, probably no one else will, and unless right. you have a team, of course. Um, and even though when you have a team, a lot of entrepreneurs that they have support, they kind of step into this strategic role, and you really have to put hours and hours to thinking, to meeting new people, uh, to, you know, brainstorming and connecting with your team and ensuring that things are really flowing. So, right. yeah, don't be fooled by people on social media. Yes, mm -hmm. when uh, one thing that I might say is that once you start running a business from a state of flow, when you are connected with your vision and really with your purpose, things almost feel like they're just following into place naturally, but you still face yes. challenges. The whole point is that because you know you're going to prevail in the end, you know that, as Marie Kondo says, everything is figureoutable and you have mm -hmm. the capacity to figure things out, you don't stress as much. But you still face right. those challenges, definitely. Right. Is there something you sort of share from a challenge maybe you've experienced that you were able to overcome that you feel would benefit other people? Maybe people tuning oh, yeah, in yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, I think well, when I was starting my first business, right, this second vocational program, um, as many people often start business, you immediately think about things that you love and things mm -hmm. that um, kind of like will make an impact in your life. So back in the days, I was really like passionate and enthusiastic about marketing. I learned it in mm. university um, and just seemed to be, you know, amazing to, you know, just share your message and get people to buy stuff and, you know, share content, all that good marketing stuff. Right. And when we were kind of drafting um, the potential courses that we would do, of course, marketing, marketing were in there. But when we went to do the interviews, the market research, we realized that no one, no, a single soul had interest for marketing. People were interested in HR management, basic English, mm -hmm. uh, IT, 
software development. And I was like, well, but marketing is so amazing, right? Why don't people do right. that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember my co-founder telling me, um, because he also wanted to give um, accounting lessons, and accounting was one of the least um, favorite courses. And he was mm. like, I really think that if you want to do this, we have to put aside our egos and right. just go with the vision. And that became one of my quotes that I often say to people that inspired by what he said that, Never put your ego before your vision, right? If oh. you have a clear vision, your ego doesn't matter, right? You right. are only working towards that vision, whatever it takes. So I, till this day, at least in that business, I never thought, I never one day went to a classroom to teach marketing. I was teaching mm-hmm. basic English and HR management. But because mm-hmm. I knew that my vision was to support people, not only support myself, not only make money, not only teach what I love, was also to help people. That was the main reason why the business started anyway. So, right. yeah, it, I had to take a step back. Right. Um, and I also found that the same phrase, the same quote was so useful during my professional career, right? Where most of the time, especially when you're discussing on a team and you feel that, well, I might be just, you know, giving my opinion because I really love this subject and it will not be beneficial for the company. So don't put your ego before your vision, never. Oh, oh, I love that. It's so important to remember in entrepreneurship because yes, people I think start a business and they think about more, like you said, their ego and and what what they want it to be and what they are thinking of instead of really looking to the market and, and to the person that needs what you have to give. So focusing on the vision is so important. I, I love that you shared that because I think a lot of us struggle with that, especially <laughs> in the beginning when we're trying to work through our ideas, we're kind of yeah. focusing more on, well, what do we really want instead of thinking about the customer and the, and the person that actually needs what we have. Yeah. So, and it so also mean, doesn't mean that eventually you won't be able to do what you love. Or right. That like even in that case, I could still, you know, go to a marketing class and just deliver a talk to marketing yes. students, right? Uh, right. I might not get the money out of it, um, but at least I will be fulfilling my ego. So there's always right. a way for you to fulfill your ego. Just yes. make sure that it's not <laughs> in the way uh, or your, of your vision. Yes, no, definitely. And there's also, I mean, you could create content, you could write a blog post, articles yeah. about it and things of that nature. There's ways to get that out into the world instead of that always being your main big focus if it's not working. You do yeah. have to definitely pay attention to what people want and need from you. So I think yeah. that's... In the end of the day, your clients are your ultimate boss. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I love to sort of wrap up these sessions with giving some sort of action because like I said, sort of in the beginning, creatives listening in, I know a lot of you are struggling to take action and you have an idea and you feel this calling, but you're sort of still in that dreamy phase. And so I would love to hear from you if you have maybe a simple step someone could even take after listening to this episode that they could take action on today, or maybe just something that helped move the needle for you uh, in your journey, starting your business, Um, anything you could share that would be really helpful. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Like listeners, if you are anything like, like me, you hate asking for help. Uh, It was something that I had to Mm. learn how to do it. Um, yes. And I get it that when you have this business idea, you're really looking forward to just launch you know, an amazing, huge company on the first day. 
Um, yes. But if you're struggling on actually doing it, just start small. For instance, um, right now I'm writing uh, one of one book on rejection. But how oh, it started okay. really was just breaking that huge task of writing a book and making something simple that I could just do it. And I just started writing articles on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. So always try to think on how you can just break the big dream in micro battles that you can easily fight. If writing an article is too much for you, just write a post. You know, if writing a post is too much, just show share a picture. Just mm-hmm. start doing something that allows you to gain momentum and eventually you will be able to build that big, huge, amazing dream of yours. But just start yes. small. Start with what you can. And it can be even something as just picking up your phone and call a friend and talk about your idea, get some feedback. Just start. Right. That will really you know, build your confidence that you are doing something and before you know, you will be already doing it. Right. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I know I definitely do struggle asking for help too. It's something that I've had to overcome. So I'm glad that you shared that. It's definitely going to help a lot of people. So I'd love to sort of hear, you know, what's next for you? You said you're writing a book. I'm excited to (laughs) to hear about that. Um, And then where can everyone find you as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, One of the things that I'm really working is, uh, of course, the book and really just expanding um, sharing knowledge and making sure that people are able to tap into the knowledge they need to advance in their lives, their business, and their careers. Um, the book I'm writing is about rejection. Um, okay. Again, from my professional experience, it's so hard to say no, but it's even harder to receive a no, right? We constantly yes. live in this mindset that a rejection will kill us. And most of us either become victims and martyrs where a single no would just completely destroy our lives, or we become, you know, a fortress. We build these huge walls and no one comes in and have the thick skin. And to be honest, nowadays being rejected doesn't mean that you're going to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. It's not a fight or fight situation. Um, you know, most of the times rejection is just redirecting you to something better, to something that's more aligned, or is building a skill so that you can then enjoy whatever you're trying to, to experience. Um, yes. So yeah, that's, that's on, that's, you know, on in the oven, um, getting ready to share it with everyone. And oh, if you want to keep in touch with me, just reach out in social media. I'm on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Julio Mujoro. That's J-U-L-I-O-M-U. H-O-R-R-O, Julio Mojaro. If you're having any sort of challenges doing that, just um, research Sharing Knowledge International on LinkedIn. And let's get in touch. Great. Thank you so much. I'll have definitely everything in the show notes so people can connect with you as well. I really appreciate your time. This was a great conversation. I know it's going to help a lot of listeners. So I really appreciate you talking with me today. (laughs) no i really really enjoyed it it was amazing um this is what i'm here for great thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it please leave a positive review check out workyourmood.com and come get more inspiration on instagram i'll chat with you next time